This week has been a significant one for accountability and justice in Syria. On Thursday, a verdict in the first ever case prosecuting Syrian regime officials for crimes against humanity was handed down in Koblenz, Germany. And this Wednesday, a new case in Frankfurt, Germany, prosecuting a Syrian doctor for his role in committing torture kicks off. Both of these cases are possible because of universal jurisdiction, a legal principle which recognizes that some crimes are so severe and so serious that any state in the international community may have an interest in prosecuting them, even if the crime took place thousands of miles away and its citizens are neither defendants nor perpetrators in the case. My name is May El Sadani, and I'm the Managing Director and Legal and Judicial Director of the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as TIMEP. I'm joined by my colleague, TIMEP non-resident fellow, Veronica Bellintani, whose mandate focuses on victim and survivor-centric justice. Veronica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, May. Can you start off by reflecting on Thursday's case, also known as the El Khatib trial? What was the verdict and why does it matter? Uh, sure. So first of all, the al Khatib trial in itself is very significant because since 2011, this is really the first time that crimes committed in Syria by the Syrian regime are being addressed by, the, by a court of law. Anwar R is uh, the head of one of the branches where crimes uh, of torture were committed. And in fact, he was found guilty of crimes against humanity of torture. And the fact that crimes against humanity was found in the case of Anwar R is very relevant to the situation of Syria as a whole, because while being against Anwar R as an individual, Crimes against humanity always entail the existence of a systematic and widespread state policy, and therefore this also includes finding the regime as itself responsible of those crimes. A very significant case, like you say. But this Wednesday, there's also a second case kicking off. Tell us more. Yes, uh, so on Wednesday, Allah M is going to be brought before the Frankfurt Court for charges of torture and sexual violence. Allah M is a doctor, um, so it ge really gives you an idea of how pervasive torture is in Syria when even doctors may be responsible for torture and when hospitals like the military hospital of Metze and other areas of Syria become places where torture is committed against civilians. Looking ahead, Veronica, what should the international community be doing to support cases like these, but also to support the needs of survivors more generally? Um, so I think that the first very important lesson of the Al-Khatib trial is that uh, European courts can be very effective in providing a form of justice to victims and survivors who in the past decade have been trying uh, the most they could to find justice uh, at the international level. Um, so the first lesson would be that those trials need to happen also somewhere else, and therefore more European countries should really try to include universal jurisdiction in their own legal system, and if they actually already have this system in place, they should try to make sure that there are no obstacles that may prevent survivors to have access to this venue for justice. Another thing that is really relevant is that uh, we should not think that trials are as themselves are enough just because they are happening, but also the process in which a trial is conducted is, is, is um, 
extremely important for how justice is conceived. So um, greater victims participation, greater access to what is going on, uh, therefore outreach efforts, um, Arabic translation, uh, verdicts and recording, you know, having access to this kind of information to victims and survivors is in itself very important to see justice being done. And then, um, you know, when we talk about the needs and the priorities of victims, it's very important to understand what does justice means to them. So um, after the Katip trial, we really saw a lot of attention being brought to the fact that Anwar Razlan and also Ala M have committed those crimes in the past, in 2011, in 2012. But those crimes are not over and they are still ongoing at the moment in which me and you are speaking right now. And therefore, there should be more attention by the international community on maybe saving the rest. So actually releasing detainees or bolstering efforts that may actually lead to find information about the fate and the whereabouts of those individuals. So justice should not, of course, be limited to what can happen in courts. Thank you, Veronica. Such an important point to end on. To our listeners, I urge you to read Veronica's new piece, which talks about the Ala M case, which kicks off on Wednesday. And to everyone else, please continue supporting Syrian voices and Syrian survivors. There are many important organizations doing great work and taking the lead here. And I hope that this conversation plays a part in standing with those survivors and victims, as we all should do. Thank you, Veronica, and thank you all.